Welcome to the Thinking Big Podcast. Today, we have such a special guest with Dr. Debbie Silber, and we're going to talk about post-betrayal transformation. And I wanted to bring Debbie on the show because betrayal doesn't have to be some huge event. You know, we have betrayal in our everyday life, at work, at home, and it can absolutely eat us up if we don't deal with it. And Debbie is the founder of the Post-Betrayal Transformation Institute. She is a holistic psychologist, a health mindset and personal development expert. Oh my God, she is an award-winning speaker, coach. Uh, she's the author of Amazon number one bestseller book, The Unshakable Woman and The Unshakable Woman uh, Workbook. Both books, by the way, recommended by Brian Tracy and Jack Canfield. Debbie has also contributed to such things as Fox, CBX, The Dr. Oz Show, TEDx twice, and now the Thinking Big podcast. Uh, anyways, I wish I could just come up with some great little saying for what she does, but uh, Jack Canfield, I'm going to steal his because he's just much better at that than I am. Dr. Debbie Silver has the ability to blend knowledge, expertise, enthusiasm, and compassion to help people create the body, lifestyle, and life they crave. Oh, that's odd. See, I could not, I, I could not come up with that. So today we are going to be thinking big physically, mentally, and emotionally. Welcome to the Thinking Big Podcast with Sean Osborne, the show helping you think bigger into your life and potential. Sean believes by equipping you with the tools, strategies, and philosophies required to be successful in all aspects of your life, you can achieve anything you believe in. Empowering our own growth makes a deeply positive and lasting impact on our lives, community, and our world. Now, here's Sean. It is absolutely fantastic uh, having you on the, on the podcast, Debbie. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Well, what I'm doing is helping people heal from betrayal, physically, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually. You know, you don't, you don't jump into something like that, of course, unless you need to. <laughs> and uh, right. I've been in business since 1991. It started with health and then mindset and personal development and then my own traumas. And uh, after two horrible betrayals, it, it catapulted me into a PhD program in transpersonal psychology, the psychology of transformation and human potential. While I was there, I did a study. I studied betrayal, what holds us back, what helps us heal, and what happens to us when the people closest to us lie, cheat, and deceive. Right. And that study led to three groundbreaking discoveries and led to a whole new business, family, marriage, life, all of it. That is that is absolutely uh, amazing that you've gone through that and that you've done that. Now you said something about you initially went in for human potential. That's part of what mm -hmm. you went into. To me, that that is something that is so uh, so either not overlooked or not many people actually. As a society, we don't look, I think, as much into the mind and and human potential and. Uh, any of the stuff, the betrayal, anything that happens, anything that happens within the mind. Now, do you think that the stuff that is going on now, and as we get longer into this, this COVID stuff, how do you think that's going to affect what you do? Like your, I don't want to say your clients, but how, how do you think that's going to affect society mm -hmm. that's going to need this type of help? Do you think it's going to increase? I think it's mentally we're going through one of the most challenging times I think we have. 
Oh, absolutely. You know, I, what I'm seeing is the best and the worst in all of us. Having this time, this extra time that we normally don't have, we do a few things with it. We either numb, avoid, distract as desperately as we can uh, because we're so unwilling to feel or face, right? Yeah. Or we take that time and we look within. And and with many of us, we're, we're uh, shocked at what we find. But that's how transformation happens. Yeah. So it's typically one of the two. You know, it's interesting. I did two TEDx's and my first one was exactly on how we do that. We numb, avoid, distract. We use food, drugs, alcohol, work, TV, keeping busy, reckless behavior. Because what used to work doesn't work anymore. What used to feel good doesn't feel good anymore. What used to make sense doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah. So we uh, we think we like change. We don't like change. No. So we we do all those things so we don't have to look at it. But, you know, we get that tap on the shoulder and we just keep numbing and avoiding. The stakes get bigger and bigger until uh, we're forced to look. Yeah. And self-sabotage. I, oh I I do that all the time. And, and I do it subconsciously. I don't even realize that I'm sabotaging myself. It's just that little inner, that little inner voice that kicks in that we don't even, when we don't even see it, that, uh, uh, that really starts sabotaging what we do. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's kind of like that negative, the negative talk that, oh, you can't do that. Or who do you think you are? You know? And it's so interesting because it's, it's almost, uh, we use that as a safety mechanism, you know, because it keeps us, we think safe, but it keeps us stuck. It keeps us small because if we were to actually combat that voice and challenge it and take it on, we would shake up everyone around us. We'd shake up ourselves. So instead, you know, it may seem easier just to quiet that voice as best we can. But, you know, I use this example a lot and it's, let's say there's a, let's just take a, a boy and let's say he has his favorite stereotypical blue shirt. He outgrows the blue shirt. The blue shirt doesn't become bad. He's just outgrown it. And that's what happens with us. We're, we're ready for something new. We're ready to play a much bigger game. And we're using those things because it's, it's, we're veg- venturing into new and unfamiliar territory. Right. Yeah, that, that, that is a great way to look at it. That is. That, that is. Now, from, so from a betrayal standpoint, how does mm-hmm. – how, how does betrayal affect us? Do you think? I mean, how, how does it? How does it feel? What is it? Because I, I've gone through that, but I don't think mm-hmm. too near the magnitude that some people have. Yeah, you know the way it works is the more you trusted, the more you depended on that person, the bigger the betrayal. So, for example, a child who's completely dependent on their parent, let's say that parent does something awful, that's going to have a, a greater impact than let's say your coworker taking credit for your idea right? It's still a betrayal, but not to the same level. And the, you know, what happens is the more time, the more trust, the more heart, the more sacrifice, you know, the bigger, the bigger, the betrayal and, and what, and the ones I had been through, it was my family. And you know how the universe works. If you don't quite learn the lesson you're meant to learn, you get more opportunities. Well, I did. And the next one was my husband. I mean, anybody who's been through it, blindsided is the word we use because you never see this coming. You know, this is the person that you trusted the most. So, so really we look at it and we say, if the person we trusted the most proves untrustworthy, who do we trust? If the ones we'd run to when other people are causing the harm are the ones causing the harm, where do we go? 
And it's such a shock to the body and mind. And, uh, and it hits us on every level, physically, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually. So different uh, types of betrayals hit us in different ways, but uh, I'm convinced it's one of the most painful of the human experiences. I think, I, I think it is because it, it does. It entails our beliefs. It entails our core of, of who we are. You know, what, uh, one of the discoveries in the study that I did, we made three discoveries, which was just, and I'm happy to get into each one, but one of them was that there is this complete and total shattering of our worldview. Our worldview is our mental model. It's how we view the world. This is safe. These are the rules. This is how it works. And a betrayal is enough to shatter all of those rules in an instant. So think about it now, all of a sudden, you had your rules that were governing you. You thought you knew who was safe, who wasn't, how the how the world worked. Right. And in a in one shockingly painful moment, everything you thought was real and true is no longer. Yeah. And the entire self is destroyed. You know, originally I was studying something called post-traumatic growth, which is like the upside of trauma, how trauma leaves you with this new awareness, perspective, insight that you didn't have. Right. Right. But I, I thought about it and I said, you know, I've been through death of a loved one. I've been through disease. I was in ICU for 11 days and betrayal was so different. So I asked my study participants and I said, if betrayal is different, you know, if that, if you've been through any other traumas, can you compare it to betrayal? And does it feel different for you? Hands down unanimously, everyone said, oh my gosh, it's so different. And it's because betrayal feels so intentional. We take it so personally. So the whole self has to be rebuilt. Rejection, abandonment, confidence, worthiness, belonging, trust. They all have to be rebuilt. So it needed its own name. It didn't quite make sense to call it post-traumatic growth. So I coined a new term, post-betrayal transformation. Do you think that part of it is is how we view it or how we look at it as part of the betrayal? Because if, if I'm looking out, there's some things that could happen to me and I would say, Oh, that's just that's the way it is. I'm not, you know, it's a, but that same thing can happen to someone else and the world is falling apart. So how do we, is there, is there something in that whole mechanism or that whole uh, thing that is based on how we, how we see things, how we look at the world, how we, how we see those? Absolutely. And it really is, my definition of it is, it's the breaking of a spoken or unspoken rule. You know, and every relationship has rules. I mean, think about it. We sort of had a rule that I was going to meet with you today. We were going to have a conversation. And if I didn't show up on some level, I would have betrayed you. Now, chances pissed. are you, <laughs> you wouldn't have been <laughs> devastated, right? But on some level, that's a breaking of that rule, a breaking of that trust. So there are those micro betrayals, those death by a thousand cuts betrayals. And then there are those huge ones that just absolutely um, knock us down, knock us out. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm also interested in, in your Ted talks. I watched, uh, watched one of them, but what was it like to get up there? See, I'm always the one I always, I mean, I love what you do and we're going to get into that and that's great. But I'm also like, how do they do something? How does it feel? You know, what's the, when you got up on stage the first time for, for yeah. TEDx, how, how was that? You know, I'll tell you, I don't know which one you saw, but I did too. The one on sabotage was the first one. Yeah. The second one was, do you have post-betrayal syndrome? But that first one was six weeks after my betrayal. Oh, I don't wow. even know how I was able to do that. But it's so interesting because 
that talk got a got a lot of views. I I, I think yes. we're at, I don't know seven thirty thousand something something like that. that a lot. And it's interesting because I think people felt and they sensed they sense uh, something's brewing there. Right. Transformation was underway. I wasn't quite sure what it was going to look like yet, and I wasn't ready to talk about my betrayal. You know, I remember Dr. Joseph Spencer said, I think it was something like, wisdom is experience without the pain. And I was in way too much pain. So I wasn't coming from that place of wisdom just yet. And I wasn't ready to share it. And it's interesting because by the time I did the second one, you know, any good coach has a coach, right? And I'll never forget, uh, we were on a Zoom call with my coaching group and everyone's talking, you know, the big everybody's in their little Zoom boxes and what's going on with you? What's going on with you? What's going on with you? And I was talking about this study and I was so proud of the study and the study, the study. And my coach just stops me dead in my tracks. And he said, stop hiding behind your effing study already. And I was like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was time to go bigger, go home. And it was terrifying. I mean, it was, you know, it's a very vulnerable topic. Yeah. The stuff that gossip thrives on. But, uh, you know, I, I really made peace with it saying that I see the transformation here with, you know, with what I was doing with clients privately. And if I can do that privately, because they see what I'm doing with what this discovery showed, and I'm implementing it, and it's working, how do I keep it to myself? So, all right, judgment's going to come, but yeah. what are you going to do? Yeah. Well, that and that's why I asked. I, I saw that, and that's the one I, I watched, but there, I, I saw something in there. I saw there was there was passion there was <laughs> i saw something something there yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. so can you can you kind of see sabotage like i know when it, if i'm walking down the street and i see someone that's in a bad mood or someone that's just that just not doing very i can tell before they even get to me that you know their heads down their shoulders mm -hmm. you can tell when someone's not doing great you know you you never see someone walk around doing their, oh, i'm doing fantastic mm -hmm. they're, they're, so can you kind of from a physical side what is it what is you know this betrayal to me god it's got to be just so crushing mm -hmm. uh, what does it do to you physically you know I'll, I'll give you the typical profile of the the men and women we see who walk through our doors every single day right let's call her sue before she says a word, you can feel her stress, her anxiety, her sadness, her pain. It's palpable. She can't sleep, so she's taking something to help her get to sleep. She's exhausted, so she's using sugar and caffeine for energy. Because of that, she's putting on weight, particularly around her midsection. She's so anxious, she can't focus. So she goes to her doctor who prescribes mood stabilizers or anti-anxiety meds to help her get through her day. Or she's just drinking on her own, eating anything to numb, avoid, distract. She's Her nerves are frazzled. She's on edge. So how is she supposed to manage her day, raise her kids, go about her business? Her world just collapsed. And not only that, she's ignited the stress response so now she's also headed for every single symptom, illness, condition, disease. And, you know, there is this, that was one of the other discoveries. There's this collection of symptoms so common to betrayal. It's known as post-betrayal syndrome. I mean, it, 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 it almost leaves nothing untouched. And so imagine you're walking around in that state, in this state of anger, sadness, rage, confusion, exhaustion, you know, physically all of these symptoms. 
and uh, and you're supposed to put your life back together, you know. So it's an easy way to see why someone would choose food, drugs, alcohol, you know, whatever. Right. But what we see is in the five stages of betrayal, which is that was the third discovery. There are five stages. That's a typical stage three, and that's where people stop and they resign themselves to thinking, oh, this is as good as it's going to get. I might may as well just find a way to make this work so they're not happy with their bodies, with their health, with their level of relationships, with their income, you know, with their work. But they think that's as good as it's getting. And, I see it all the time. And over time, how does that mm. – because I see people that I would imagine have gone through that. I know that they're stressed for some reason, whether it's from, mm -hmm. you know, betrayal or some sort of mental, you know, happening that after years it's – you, you can tell that. And do you find that the longer that people are in this betrayal or in this area, the harder it is for them to get out? Absolutely. Because what happens is they start receiving all of these small self benefits from staying there. Think about it. They get to be right. They get someone to blame. They get a target for their anger. They don't have to do the hard work of trusting and learning to trust again. Do I trust you? Do I trust you? I forget it. I won't trust anybody right? They get to justify inaction. They get sympathy from other people. Right? I mean, these are all small self-benefits, right. but they serve them. And then what happens is the longer they stay there, now like energy attracts like energy. So now they're calling situations, circumstances, opportunities that confirm that's where they belong. So now the mind starts thinking, well, maybe I deserve it. Maybe I'm not all that. Maybe, they, maybe, maybe, maybe. Right. And they're rooted. And when your mind starts thinking that's the way you are. That's what you're going to get. And that, that's yeah, good or bad. It's, it, it works both ways, uh, but good or bad. Now you talked about kind of the holistic side. I'm, I'm of mm -hmm. the mindset that I don't want any drugs from, from the drug companies. To me, it's, I think we have lost our way over, over centuries. I don't know, over a long time, we've had the cures to almost everything that we have way back from plants, from, from yeah. food, from the things that we have. And over time we've, we've either forgot or we've got brainwashed to, Hey, you need this pill to, to do this. Your stuff is all holistic stuff. And how do you see holistic stuff coming into this type of a, of an environment, kind of a clinical, to me, it's kind of a clinical environment where Generally, you would see people try to get you on uppers, downers, whatever they call them, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. to to try stabilizing your your mind. Yeah, it's such a great question. He, here's one thing uh, I noticed: there were three groups in the study who did not heal. Now, as the researcher, I assumed you're not supposed to assume anything as a researcher. I was new at this, you know, doing my best, and I assumed that the people who were the hardest hit would grow the least because they had the most to overcome. I was dead wrong. That had nothing to do with it at all. It was the ones who were willing to face it, feel it, heal it. Blew past the ones who were medicating because they didn't deal with it. I mean, yes, it may have made it a bit easier to get through their day, but that was it. It did not contribute to the healing. Now, as far as you know, what, what we offer within our community, it is holistic based, but there's, there's such a variety. I mean, even one thing we have is a three phase supplement line just to offer some additional support for sleep, for clarity, for 
nerves for gut health. I mean, you're one of the things that typically happens in betrayal, your gut is wrecked. What's so interesting about that too is, you know, when you think about it, look what your gut does. It absorbs, processes, and digests, right? Your food. Now, isn't it difficult to absorb, digest, and process a betrayal? Like, is there any wonder why your gut would be so jacked up during a betrayal? So everything we're, we're uh, approaching this with, because you can't just go for talk therapy. I mean, it's, it's only a piece of it. There's so much more. But yeah, when you, when you medicate, it may make the day a bit easier, but that betrayal is not going anywhere. Right. Hmm. Yeah. And what's, what do you think, what is the, the biggest, biggest difference? And can they be treated the same, like just post-traumatic you know, uh, trauma or, or betrayal trauma is, is, is there a difference in, in how it, how different betray or different, uh, uh, traumatic experiences affect what we do? Absolutely. And that's why when I was originally studying post-traumatic growth, betrayal just kind of didn't qualify because let's say you lose, you lose someone you love. Like I lost my mom, right? You don't question the love. You don't, you know, that stays intact. Betrayal has you questioning everything, even your very sanity, right? Because it's it's the sort of thing where, let's say, you know, or even something like I had one participant who lost uh, everything in a house fire. You know, you, you you mourn the loss of your home and your belongings, but it's not a rejection to the self. Right. You know, the whole thing about betrayal is the impact to the self. And that's why if I had to come up with a formula, it would be, it would be post-traumatic growth, right? The healing after trauma plus rebuilding the self completely and fully equals post-betrayal transformation because you can't fully heal unless you rebuild that trust. You know, how do you relate to other people again? You know, so we, here's the thing too, we see betrayal impacting every single area of our lives. And we've all heard time heals all wounds. I have the proof that that's not true. <laughs> we've had over 8,000 people to this point, take the post-betrayal syndrome quiz to see to what extent they're struggling. People, and there's a question that reads, is there anything else you'd like to share? I read every single one of them. And people write things like, my betrayal happened 40 years ago. I can feel the hate. My betrayal happened 30 years ago. I'm unwilling to trust again. My betrayal happened 15 years ago. I feel gutted. Now we know if you're walking around feeling that way, you're not venturing, you know, back out there to, to pursue other relationships. It's affecting your work. It's affecting your health. And specifically, we see it like this with relationships. I see it in two ways. We put the big wall up, you know, uh -uh, I'm not letting anybody get close to my heart again, or the faces change, but it's the same thing yeah. because that profound lesson has yet to be learned. Yeah. We see, you know, or we see it in health. Someone goes to the most well-meaning doctors, coaches, healers, therapists to manage a stress-related issue or disorder. At the root of it is an unhealed betrayal. And we see it in business. Someone wants to be a team player, but they're terrified. The person they trusted the most proved untrustworthy. How can they trust that boss or coworker? Or they want to ask for that raise or promotion, but their confidence was shattered. Right. So they don't have the confidence to ask and they're bitter and resentful instead. That is a lot broader than I, I was thinking. I mean, it's boy, you, betrayal is is everywhere, and that's the thing. It's like when it gets to your core, when it gets to your beliefs of who you are, mm -hmm. and something is damaged or taken away from that belief, it 
that is much bigger than just a post-traumatic where something happens and hey, I got to get it, you know, I got to get over that. It's, you know, shit happens, but you know, we've, we've got to move on. But this is, this is at the root. This is at the core of, of what we, what we are. And when someone takes out one of our pillars of, of belief, boy, that, that is a, a, a huge thing. Now, someone, if someone's from the outside, so if we've got mm-hmm. listeners on here that, you know, maybe they're not going through something like this right now, but how can we, as humans, as, you know, wives, as husbands, as, you know, parents, as grandparents, how can we look and see signs of betrayal or, or signs of stuff like this so we can help other people, it, it, ourselves included, but, but what mm-hmm. are things that we can look at to help our loved ones? Because I've got loved ones that I know are in a place where they've been betrayed and, you know, it's, I, I can see it. If you don't take care of it, it does not go away. Uh, there's, there's, they're still dealing with stuff. It might be in uh, different ways. Like they might have changed vices, but they're still going down that same path, whether one time it was, you know, drugs or alcohol, now it's food, but they're still, and I can still see the vices being, being done just differently. You know, how can we, how can we help people that we love? Uh, well, you can let them know they're stuck in a classic stage three, but they're not going to know what you're talking about. Yep. <laughs> out of the five <laughs> stages of betrayal, that's exactly where they are. You know, the first thing is awareness. You can't change anything you're not aware of. Right. It's interesting because someone interviewed me a couple of weeks ago and he said, well, you know, Debbie, I, I really haven't been betrayed. I'm like, that's fine. Not everybody has. And we start talking about it. And he says, oh my gosh. He goes, you know, it's really interesting. <laughs> uh, when I was little, my brother used to always take my toys and he used to always break them. And I remember getting this amazing toy and he said, can I play with it? And I said, and I said, no, cause you're going to break it. And he's like, no, 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 I, I really won't. And he's like, fine. And he takes it two seconds later, he breaks the toy. He goes, do you know, I'm 36. I don't let anybody touch my stuff. <laughs> That's an unhealed betrayal, right? <laughs> so you want to see how are you acting? Where's that coming from? Where's it coming from? What's the fear behind it? What's the reason behind it? Because you'll know. I mean, I even even when someone is numbing, avoiding, distracting, so often an unhealed betrayal is at the root of that. So you just want to get really, really clear. And I actually have four questions that I'm happy to share to see if someone's actually doing that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they're okay. going to be in the show notes too, by the way. So, but absolutely. Oh, great. Okay. So the first one is, am I numbing, avoiding, distracting? If so, how? Be honest with yourself. Do you come home at the end of the day and the first thing you do is put on the TV to desperately drown out the sound of your own thoughts? Do you go into the kitchen, open up the cabinets because you have to stuff stuff yourself to stuff that voice, right? Second question, here's the big one. What am I pretending not to see, right? Am I pretending not to see there's trouble in my relationship? Am I pretending not to see I hate my job? Am I pretending not to see that health issue? that needs my attention. The third question, what's life going to look like in five to 10 years if I keep this going? Play it out. Play it all the way out. Take that health health issue out five to 10 years. What's it going to look like? Take that work issue five to 10 years. Play it out. What's that going to look like? And the relationship issue. Ignore that relationship issue five to 10 years. What's it going to look like? And the last question, what could life look like if I change now? Now, I'm not saying that's easy, but transformation happens when you tell yourself the truth. Yep. And until you, until you are, have complete clarity, you're, 
for other stuff. I mean, besides this, until you have clarity in whatever it is you're doing, you will not come to a, a the correct answer. You will not. It, it, you're so right. And we avoid it and we wonder why isn't life working for us? You know, I'll, I'll give you an analogy. It just makes this so clear. Everybody has, well, most people uh, ha have a messy room, you know, drawer, garage in their home, right? Now think about it. Think about what you do. You do everything you can to avoid it. You just don't like it because it doesn't feel good. And when you have to go, you just go as quickly as you can, grab what you need and you leave, <laughs> right? But then think about what happens. There's that one day where you're like, that's it. I'm going in. You know, and you grab your garbage bags and you roll up your sleeves and you and you dive in. Now think about what happens. At first, it looks worse. It looks worse because now you have your stuff all over the place. You're like, I'll donate this, I'll toss that, I'll fix this, right? And it's all over. And then you put the stuff in the car you're gonna fix and you donate and you get whatever. And now you have your pile left of things that you're gonna keep. And you get your fancy little boxes and you know, containers and you put it back. Now think about what happens. Now you stand back with pride. You feel awesome. You're like, look at me, right? You actually want to open your garage door and show it to everybody. But that's earned. It was only because you went in and did the work. That's what happens. You cannot feel that sense of empowerment, of, of pride, of accomplishment when you're numbing, avoiding, distracting. You know, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, if someone said something that you didn't want to hear, you'd stick your fingers in your ear and you'd be like, la, 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 I don't hear you, right? When we grow up, we use food, drugs, alcohol, all that stuff. It's the adult version of that same game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, you, you mentioned kid. Now, I'm of the belief that we get pretty well programmed in our beliefs and everything by the time we're, you know, eight or nine years old. I think we're, you know, pretty well programmed. What is the effect of betrayal at a younger age before we've got all those beliefs in place? Like if we're six or five or six and, and we get betrayed by a parent or, or a family member, I'm just thinking you know, all the stuff you're saying, it's like, is, is that even more traumatic to someone to get their beliefs taken, betrayed at, at that age? You're, uh, you're not starting at the starting line like everybody else. It's right. a harder road. Now, that's not to say you cannot catch up and blow the doors past everybody, but you'd have a bit more work to do. Right. And I think with what's, so I'm worried about, you know, everything, we're all quarantined, we're all, you know, this is all through the, the pandemic is, are you seeing a lot more of this happening just because everyone is so close? I, I Again, I, as I said, I think the mental side of, of this is going to be worse than the pandemic itself. I think the the after effects are going to be. It's yeah, it's very challenging because think about it. I mean, there are so many people who are quarantined with their betrayer. I mean, if that's not torture right there. That, yeah. Right. So, you know, what's that like? And then there's, you know, there are financial issues. So as if the betrayal, you know, wasn't bad enough. Now they're dealing with that on top of it. So it's, it's confronting everyone with their deepest, darkest demons right and betrayal is one of those things that um it 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 absolutely shatters your heart your mind everything has to be completely and totally rebuilt so if you don't have the bandwidth because you're just struggling in so many other areas if your nerves are frayed because like now you lost your job now your kids can't go to school now you're you know you're all over the place it's that much harder i mean i have four kids 
And I mean, thank goodness they're older, but, but I feel it for the parents who they're not sure if their kids are going to go back to school. Yeah. I mean, like I could never homeschool my kids. They'd be in <laughs> deeper trouble with that. I haven't been able to do their math since like second grade. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be challenging for, for many, many people. So it, for the listeners, what is the best way or, you know, what can someone do if, if they see this in themselves, uh, if they see it in a, a loved one, how, what is the best way for them to contact you? Yeah. The best thing to do is, is for them to take the post-betrayal syndrome quiz. And I'll be honest, it's a little, it's a little jarring because what you're doing is, I mean, I'm having, I'm having them respond to every single symptom that they may be struggling with that they may have said, oh, well, that's aging. You know, it's because I'm older. It's because of, no, it's not. It's because of your betrayal. And when they see the physical symptoms, the mental, the emotional symptoms, and then they see how it's affecting their ability to trust, how it's affecting how they move forward, how it's affecting their relationships. I mean, then it's in plain sight. And then from that point, you know, I have people who say, oh, I, I'll do anything to heal. No, they won't. No, they won't. If I tell you how many people say, you know, I even ask them on a level of, you know, one to 10, how is important you're healing? I don't think anybody gives me less than a 10 and a fraction of them yeah. take that step to move forward because it's scary. Yeah. I get it. We gotcha. But I, but I get how scary it is. Yeah. Any changes is getting out of our comfort zone at all is, but, but dealing with something that we don't want to deal with is a tough thing to, to do. And also it's because there's a really good likelihood that when we heal, we're going to outgrow that person. If I tell you how many times someone says, oh, Toby, just make it that we're, we're good again. I say, that's not my work here. My work is to get you to your physical, mental, emotional best place. And now this person has two choices. This person could say, holy smokes, I better step up my game to meet the power of where this person is. Or they say, you know, like you get this going on. But they're like, ooh, what happened to you? And it's like, ooh, I'm not the least bit interested in you. Yeah. But my job is to get someone here. That's it. And usually what happens is this happens or that happens. Yeah. And I think that holds a lot of people back that not wanting to get whether they want to fix themselves or they want to get better and physically, mentally, if they even subconsciously think they're they're going to lose that other half. That's not going to grow with them. I see that in other areas besides this, but yeah, that that is that's a big holdup for many many people. It's it's so huge, you know. And I I gave this uh, you can see I'm big on analogies. I gave this analogy in the second TEDx, and this was about the analogy of uh, I used the example of a house. And here's the difference between resilience and trauma and transformation. Resilience is bringing back, restoring. You need that for your everyday. Uh, trauma and transformation is different. So let's take a house that needs a new boiler and you get a boiler. That would be resilience. Or let's say it needs a new roof. You get a roof. That's resilience. You're restoring it. Here's trauma and transformation. A tornado comes by, levels your house. Like a new boiler is not going to fix it. A new <laughs> roof's not going to fix it, right? Neither of those things won't fix it. Now, here's the thing. You have every right to stand there at the lot where your house once stood and say, this is the most horrible thing that's ever happened. And you'd be 100% right. And you can call your friends over and say, look at this. Isn't this the worst thing you've ever seen? And they'd all agree. And you don't have to do anything but cry and kick and scream and mourn the loss of your house until your last breath. However, if you choose to rebuild your house, you don't have to. But if you choose to, 
there's nothing there. Why would you build the same house? <laughs> right? That's what trauma allows. Yeah. You know, and and with betrayal, rebuilding is always a choice whether you rebuild yourself and move on and that's what I did with my family. Rebuilding wasn't an option with them. Or if the situation lends itself, if you're willing and if you want to, you rebuild something entirely new with the person who hurt you. And that's what I what I do with my husband, you know, as two totally different people, we married each other again. <laughs> you know, not always an option. Yeah. Now you fun, but, it's, uh, it's funny you mentioned that. I actually have a friend that their house burnt down and they built the exact same damn <laughs> They actually, well, okay, they then. actually <laughs> down the identical house. <laughs> Wow. Okay. I, and I was like, there's not one thing you didn't like about your old house. You you, you built the same damn thing. <laughs> well, but if that's what works, that's what works. But 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 I'll tell you, one of the biggest reasons why people don't heal from betrayal is they're afraid of that transformation. Like after my betrayal, I was going to heal regardless, having no expectation of what was going to show up. And that's when transformation can happen. It's when you're only committed to, well, I'll only patch it up. And I'll tell you the group that was um, that didn't heal and was also by far the most sick was the one where the betrayer had no consequences, where they tried to turn the other cheek. They tried to look past right. it. They tried to just move forward. You tell that to your broken heart. You know, not only did that not work, it only made them sick. Yeah. But it's scary to say, Okay, now it's about me healing and I have no idea what's going to show up. Yeah. Now, do you do like group type coaching with people? Is it You know, we we opened the uh, it's called the PBT Post Betrayal Transformation Institute membership community because what what I found was uh really what the only thing that it seems people do is they medicate or they see a therapist that their insurance provides, you know, maybe they're good or bad at this. I, you know, sometimes they're not skilled in it and it does more harm than good, or they're in some type of support group that just, you know, bashes the betrayer and that doesn't help. And, and my study proved exactly what we need to heal. So what the membership community is, is what the study proved, you know, and uh, along with what the 8,000 people who've taken the quiz say they want, what's worked for me along with, you know, my clients and we put it into uh, a beautiful membership community. That's fantastic. And I know for me, and there's probably going to be a lot of listeners that, that are saying, yeah, well, my betrayal is just not that bad. You don't have to have something that is completely debilitating. I can't even get out of bed to go and work on this stuff. It doesn't have, but a lot of people have that. Well, it's just not that bad yet. Oh, I'll wait until it's until, you know, until I absolutely have to go get and, and talk with people and, and, and get things. It doesn't have to be that bad. Well, you know what I see? There are two people who come our way. There's the person who's been blindsided and they are in crisis. But then there's that other person who is in that classic stage three where they've resigned themselves to thinking this is good as it gets. But meanwhile, like I said, they're, they're weight, you know, they're not happy with their body. They don't feel good in their own skin. They're not happy with their work, their finances, any of it. And it shows up in every area of life. Think about it just in business. If you're not happy with your body or you don't have the energy you need, just those two things. And let's say you're an entrepreneur. Now, how are you showing up on video? How are you promoting yourself? <laughs> yep. Right. That's directly impacting your finances. Yeah. Or if it's affecting your confidence, your confidence was shattered. How is that affecting who you network with? who you collaborate, if you don't trust, 
How are you collaborating with anybody? So it affects everything. So it doesn't necessarily have to be that it was the most, you know, extreme trauma where you're, you're, you're curled up in a fetal position, but if it's holding you back at all, check how you are in your business, in your relationships, in your health. Yeah. And if there's an unhealed betrayal at the root of it, that's a choice. I mean, you're looking at the person who did the study. It's proven. We, we know what it takes to heal. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, so I always have my, uh, when I coach someone, I always have them do a thing called a will of life only because people don't realize that if you aren't where you want to be in one area of your life, whether it's finances, relationship, uh, career, whatever, it affects everything. And if, and if you've got an issue with betrayal, it's not just going to affect your personal life. It, it will, it will absolutely affect everything, your health. It, it does. And that's for anything. It's, you know, you, you've got, we've got to be well, well balanced because they do, they cross. There's no such thing as compartmentalizing, uh, this type of stuff. It, it, you're, you can't, you can't do it. You you're so right. And, and I really look at it like you owe it to yourself to heal. If something happened to you that was so devastatingly painful, you know, and you don't do something with it, it's like a bad game of hot potato. Yeah. You know, it's like you owe it to yourself to do something good with it. I'm not doing anything different than anybody else could do. I just looked at it saying, this is so devastatingly painful that if I can figure out a way to heal from it, I'm taking as many people as I can with me. You see it all the time with, let's say, parents who've lost their kids, you know, for drunk, with uh, drunk driving. They go around to the schools. It's helping where they see, you see someone who's been in financial crisis and then they, they create a way to get out of that and they teach it. Or yeah. a health expert who's so I don't know. I just look at it like, wouldn't it be wonderful if everybody figured out uh, how to get out of their own jam and and served because of you know with that. Well, I want to thank you so much, Debbie, for being on the podcast today. You know, you have such a valuable service to to help people uh, really live their life again. You know, it's such amazing work that. Uh, that you, that you do. So, so thank you very, very much. Oh, thank you. And thank you for providing the platform to share it. Ah, enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Wow. Wasn't that amazing having Debbie on the, on the podcast today, man, she has so much to offer, uh, and, and help so many people. And I want to make sure everyone, you know, go to the show notes. I'm going to have all of her contact information, uh, for, uh, to get in touch with her, to go to the PBT, uh, institute.com, uh, take her quiz. She's got a fantastic, she mentioned it in the show, but she's got a fantastic quiz, uh, that you can, uh, that you can take. And there's just so much information up there for you. So again, thank you so much for, for being on the show, Debbie and everybody remember always think big. <laughs>